0: Alexia Gordon, author of the Gethsemane Brown Mysteries, published by Henry Press, and host of the Cozy Corner podcast for the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Michelle Cox, author of the Henrietta and Inspector Howard series, joins me in the corner today, and about A Veil Moon, fourth book in the series. Welcome, Michelle.
1: Hi, Alexia. Thanks for having me.
0: i glad to have you here. To start, will you tell us something about your Henrietta and Inspector Howard series? Sure. Um, There are four books
1: out in the series uh, so far. Um, They are set in the 1930s in Chicago. And uh, they've been described as a Downton Abbey meets Miss Fisher's murder mysteries. So that kind of gives you a little bit of a flavor. They're historical fiction. They're a little bit mystery, a little bit romance. So they kind of cover a broad spectrum. Um, And book five of the series, A Child Lost, comes out in April.
0: Oh, that's pretty soon, actually. Yeah, coming up. And can you tell us a little bit about "A Veil Removed"? Um, sure. It um, "A
1: Veil Removed," uh, like I said, is book four of the series. So um, the series is a little bit different than most mystery series in that it, you really—it's really difficult to read out of order. People have done it and have said that they. Followed along just fine But really this is a progressive series So the characters Keep evolving, the subplots Keep moving along as the series goes along So jumping into book Four I um, We've, Clive and Henriette are married and they are on their honeymoon this is in book three and they fi- get a telegram that Clive's father has passed away so they rush home and that's pretty much the opening of book four. Uh, Clive from the very beginning suspects that this was not an accident and so um, it sort of takes off from there where he is trying to convince people around him including henrietta that this was not an ordinary accident that he believes his father was murdered okay.
0: and you now you you mentioned that your stories involve history and they involve romance and they involve mystery so if someone forced you to do it how would you classify your series like you historical fiction or romance with a mystery or a mystery with romance <laughs> it's a good question.
1: Whenever I do book events, um, especially book clubs, because we can be uh, more intimate and um, in talking about, you know, the ins and outs of the book, um, I actually pose this question a lot to my readers and I have posted to bookstore owners. And um, I think that the consensus is that actually it. it it's more historical fiction with a very strong mystery romance element and I think that that's accurate because it doesn't follow your typical mystery it also doesn't follow your typical romance but it is solidly set in the 30s in Chicago and I do feel like that really resonates with people especially if some of my readers happen to be from Chicago or grew up in Chicago or parents were there um, it really resonates so um, I think I would call it that historical fiction with a, a mystery romance element
0: now we couldn't really truly call it cozy though because there were there's not an overwhelming amount of violence or graphic gore or anything like that but there were uh, one or two explicit scenes and a little bit of grown-up language
1: yes exactly and um, People often, um, people often confuse this with a cozy series. It's often called that by people, and I'm not sure if it's because the covers seem to suggest that. Um, book one is is the most, in some ways, the most cozy of them. But yeah, as they go along, it's not too graphic. Um, but I do I think it's outside that cozy um, definition, for sure.
0: You why did you choose to set your novel in the 1930s?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, to be honest, I, I have more or used to have more of an affinity to the 40s. I just love everything about the 40s. I love the music. I love the movies, the the fashion, the whole, you know, the fact that the, the world was consumed by a war. I mean, that doesn't sound right, but... Um, just the whole coming together um, that that spurred. However, um, an interesting fact about the series is that the main character, Henrietta, is actually um, inspired by a real woman that I met in a nursing home in the early 90s, and she was this amazing character. She had this um, very colorful life in Chicago in the 30s and 40s, and a lot of what happens in book one is based on her real life. And uh, she had a job. So all of the jobs in the book are real jobs that this woman had, so one of them being um, a Dutch girl is what she described it as at the World's Fair in Chicago in the thirties, and that was such a fascinating detail, and the fact that she was a um, a taxi dancer and a twenty six girl and all of these things. Um, Really made me want to set the series in the 30s because I really wanted to capture that and at the time that I was writing book one which is a girl like you I didn't think I was writing a series so I thought oh, okay I can write you know a book in the 30s so that I can capture this all this flavor And then I decided to turn it into a series and I thought oh no no I'm writing a series in the 30s, but that's okay. Um you know they're very close and i really you know enjoy it now so that's the that's the long answer to the question
0: now <laughs> a, a veil removed is is set actually just a a few metro stops from where i'm sitting recording this so how did you ch- um I'm, I'm in lake forest <laughs> nice so how did you choose the chi- uh, chicagoland how did you choose the suburbs to set this story instead of of downtown chicago which is you know what people might have expected
1: well i don't want to give too much away but the book one um a girl like you is actually um completely set in the 30s and um so if it starts out, that Henrietta is very poor. She's her father's killed himself. Um, she's the oldest of the family. She has to provide. Her mother's very chronically depressed. So she's out trying to make ends meet for the family. And she uh, heard the dance floor matron is killed, and where she works and inspector howard shows up on the scene and then um they get into an adventure together and they end up you know falling in love so um like i said when i wrote the story i was basing it on this woman's life but then when i decided to turn it into a series i thought geez you know i (laughs) i don't know if i want to write a series that's set in the gritty 30s chicago about a cop and his wife you know i felt like that had been done too many times already so I decided that somebody had to have a secret past (laughs) and that turned out to be Clive he obliged as the gentleman that he is and so I had him be from Wanaka and uh, somewhere where there's a lot of wealth uh, especially at that time and he is a cop in the city, but he's kind of running from this heritage because of, you know, he's pretty scarred from World War One, and he really doesn't want to have anything to do with it. So, you know, book two in, is kind of about how they reconcile this idea of, you know, should we, shouldn't we get married? Is this really the right thing to do? Because when Henrietta finds out that she, he's really from this really wealthy family in Winneka, you would think that she'd j- jump at it, but really this isn't what she signed up for and she's not r- overly enthused despite the wealth so and she feels like he lied to her so they have a lot to work out in book two and so the rest of the series is kind of jumps around because Elsie her younger sister um, as the books go on they become more and more she becomes more and more and of a central figure in this in the books as well and she's very firmly rooted in in the city so that was kind of a way to kind of still be in the city but yet had you know accommodate this other storyline as well
0: and it's kind of a nice twist the the secret being that you're rich instead of you're actually poor <laughs>
1: right yeah it's kind of the cinderella story in, in reverse um she gets the you know the the rich prince at the end but she doesn't really want that she she wants to be in the city and you know be a cop's wife so they have to like I said work that out.
0: And in A Veil Removed, one of the central figures is actually a place, line College which is, is or was a real women's college founded back in 1929. Correct. Uh, Tell us a
1: little bit about, about Mundelein. I believe you're a graduate. Yeah, yeah, I um, I am a graduate of Mundelein College. It has now been incorporated into Loyola, which was, as I described in the book, a sidewalk away. Um, it, it was started in 1929. This is, the, the story goes, uh, they broke ground, and then it, it was the big uh, stock market crash. Um, but the, they carried on uh, constructing the college anyway. And it was run by the um, Sisters of the Blessed Virgin Mary, so the BBMs uh, were the um, the teachers in the administration. And it was a it was a wonderful place. Even when I went there, it was wonderfully old fashioned. It was right up my alley. Uh, they still had wooden phone booths. You still had to sign male guests in. And it was very chaperoned and. Um, they had the, the old elevators with the grill, and they had elevator girls that would operate them. and there really was this hidden greenhouse on the seventh floor. So a lot of the details that I bring into the book um, are real details. So it was fun to write about the college being brand new at you know during the time of the book that was set as opposed to, you know, when I went there in the the late 80s. So it was neat
0: now it sounds like you're a, a fan of histories or are you a fan of detective novels that were written in what's called the the golden age back in the 20s and
1: 30s you know that's a great question too i'm really not i'm an imposter um i was a huge mystery fan as a kid i that's true but um you know then i started to really i was an english major i really gravitated towards the classics and so I spent most of my adult life reading, you know, really classic literature and it was only after my third kid was born that I started reading anything remotely contemporary and uh, what I seem to gravitate towards was historical fiction. Maybe it's like the next best thing to the to classic literature because at least it was set in in the past. So I'm more of a fan of that, really. Or things like um, Kate Morton, Lauren Willig, Tasha Alexander. She's a mystery writer, but that that sort of I love those writers that sort of blend, you know, the the past with the present. And there might be a, a slight mystery element. Um, also, the, the romance element is always there. So, you know, I kind of think it makes sense that I this is what I produce. They say, write what you would like to read, and this is something that I would like to read.
0: And it's published by She Writes Press, which is an independent press, I believe. Can you tell us a little bit about, about She Writes?
1: Yeah, Sherrod's Press is an all-women's press. Um, it is a hybrid press so that's a little bit different. Um, it's a cross between self-publishing and traditional publishing, and uh, they are based in uh, Berkeley, California. And Brooke Warner is our publisher. So it's a it's a, a it's an amazing press. Um, I've been really thrilled with them. They do vet. Um, and they're just growing in in leaps and bounds. I mean, I think they get, you know, maybe a thousand submissions a month at this point. So they're really, I think because they are really answering a need in publishing right now. Um, it's just, as we all know, it's just, there's the, it's hard to get past the gatekeepers. Um, traditional publishing is, is taking less and less risks with new authors. So this is a great way to um to get published but to be published well
0: and speaking of publishing well you mentioned book five is due out in april but just to remind everybody again book five is due out in april and it's called a
1: child lost and can you tell us a little
0: bit about it well yeah
1: i don't want to give too much way but um you know you i i would hope that if any readers have read you know, book four, or you know, any of the series books in the series before that, that that title should be um, should raise a lot of questions in your mind. Um, exactly who is the child that the title refers to? So we have the continuation of um, Henrietta and Clive. You know what's going on in their their life. Um, we also have the the story of of Elsie. Um, that is continuing in book five as well. And what's kind of neat about book five is that um, in the past I've I've run the two plot lines sort of separately, side by side. In book five, um, Clive and Henrietta's world um, merges with Elsie and Gunther, and they actually end up working on a case together. So um it's neat it's a good book it's it's one it's probably my favorite so far of the series because there's so much going on um the stan and rose story keeps going on and then also henrietta and clive get involved with this strange spiritualist um that they're assigned to debunk and henrietta starts believing what the spiritualist is saying and to clive's horror this is not what he had thought was going to happen so you have that whole situation unfolding as well so there's a lot going on in it
0: <laughs> and where can readers find your books
1: well anywhere really um of course it's on amazon it's it's ebook anywhere i um itunes google play um nook Amazon. It's also in um, many, many, many libraries. Carry it, um, or if you, if your li- if your branch doesn't have it, they can easily get it. Um, it's in many bookstores, um, and also, if I may, I'm going to just put in a little plug for the audio series. So, uh, book one is out on audio right now. Um, it's at 40 different re- retailers and in your library and right they are in the process of recording the rest of the series right now there was a long delay but we are back on track with that so i'm really really excited about that because many readers ask me if it is in audio and now i can say yes Is that audio CDs or on platforms like Audible? Yeah, platforms um, not as CDs. So it's Findaway, it's on Audible, it's um, OverDrive, uh, any of the library systems that are in use as well.
0: And where can readers find more about you? Do you have a website or are you on social media?
1: Yeah, of course. I have have a website, michellecoxwrites.com, and you can find links to me on all the social media platforms. Um, You can also find my blog there, which is very popular. It's called Novel Notes of Local Lore. And that's where I take a story... That I heard so I used to work in a nursing home in the early 90s and that's where I got Henrietta's story um, but there's just so many stories up there I, I tell writing groups that if you're stumped for a story you can always go sit in a nursing home for a couple of weeks because you'll get more stories than you could ever 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 imagine so I take a story every week and I write about a forgotten resident of Chicago and that blog is very popular in fact it has its own little following separate from the books which I think is pretty amazing so check it out especially if you love history especially if you love Chicago um, they're really neat stories that you could never make up as you know they say truth is stranger than fiction and that's true all right
0: well thank you very much for joining me Michelle oh you're welcome thanks for having me it was really fun And again, this has been Michelle Cox, author of the Henrietta and Inspector Howard series, joining me today. Uh, You can find all four of her books uh, currently in bookstores. Uh, Number four is a veil removed. And as she announced, uh, book five will be out uh, in a few months in April. And this has been Alexia Gordon, author of The Gethsemane Round Mysteries. Thank you, listeners, for joining us in the Cozy Corner, part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network.